Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to ACRAC. I'm Jed Wolpaw. This is going to be a little bit of an unusual podcast. I have some announcements that I need to make, some things I'd like to share with you. This is the kind of thing that would be best done, I think, through an email listserv that you could sign up for, but I don't know how to do that. So I will try to learn. If you happen to know how and want to help me, please let me know. You can send me an email at acc. R-A-C podcast, all one word. That's podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I'd really appreciate it. Since I don't have that set up yet, I want to take the opportunity to share a few things with you. First of all, I became aware of a fantastic website run by one of our pediatric anesthesiologists here at Johns Hopkins named Robert Greenberg. The website is called pedsanesthesia.net. That's P-E-D-S anesthesia, all one word, dot net. And it's really a fantastic website that's got all kinds of information on pediatric anesthesia. It's great for board review. And there's a forum you can sign up for to take part in ongoing conversations if you'd like. So check out Dr. Greenberg's website, pedsanesthesia.net. I hope in the future to do some work with Dr. Greenberg, maybe interview him and have some information, some podcast episodes on pediatric board review. We probably won't get so specific that it would be preparation for the pediatric boards, uh, the pediatric anesthesia boards, but hopefully cover the pediatric parts that will be on the general anesthesia boards. Second thing, I want to figure out how we can have a better website for the ACRAC podcast. The one that comes with the Lipson platform is pretty clunky. I can't figure out how to, for example, post a list of links that I'd love to have, links to, for example, pedsanesthesia.net. Uh, and other links that I'm sure will come up that I'll want to be able to share with you all. So if you have any suggestions, again, send me an email. Let me know a better website to set up for this podcast. Third, I want to let you know that one of our awesome residents pointed out to me that I had made uh, a mistake in the episode number two where I was talking about temperature regulation. I accidentally said at around five minutes and 40 seconds in that hypothermia raises MAC And of course, as he correctly pointed out, hypothermia lowers MAC. I have posted a new corrected episode, but if you already downloaded that episode, you will not, it will not automatically correct. So what you need to do if you want the correct version is go delete that episode from your iPhone and re-download episode two, and then you'll have the correct version. If you don't want to go through all that, I'll tell you right now that that was one mistake. So just simply... The fact that uh, hypothermia lowers MAC, so that's now corrected. 
The other thing that I specified, which I hadn't been very specific about before, that this resident also uh, asked a great question about, is what about the ambient temperature of the operating room? What role does that play? As it turns out, it's very important, and I touched upon this when I talked about the fact that the magnitude of the heat loss due to radiation is proportional to the difference in temperature between the patient and the patient's environment to the fourth power. So, in fact, a small change in the temperature in the operating room can have a huge impact on the amount of heat lost by radiation from the patient. That said, if they ask you on boards what the most effective non-invasive way to warm up a patient is, the answer is still forced air warmer. The reason for this is that you can essentially, at least in theory, create a bubble around the patient that is 42 degrees. So now you're actually transferring heat from the bubble, from the environment to the patient. And if the patient's at 35 degrees and your bubble is at 42 degrees, then that difference to the fourth power is actually now the transfer of heat to the patient. So that difference is huge. In real life, of course, in the clinical theater, you cannot guarantee a bubble all around the patient. There's exposed skin, there's a wound or an operating field that the, that the surgeons are working on. And so there is going to be heat loss due to radiation. But that said, the correct board answer is still forced air warmer. In reality, in clinical practice, if you have a cold patient, you want to turn up the operating room temperature as much as you can and place a forced air warmer on the patient. Finally, I want to discuss a topic that was brought up to me by one of our residents the other day. He told me he was working in the thoracic operating room doing a thoracotomy. They were using one lung ventilation. They had the patient with the right side down. They were ventilating the left lung and they had turned the FiO2 down. The patient was not hypoxic, but they had turned the FiO2 down below 100% down to around 60 or 70%. And the patient was still setting around 93, 94%. The surgeon noticed the saturation and asked what percentage of oxygen they were giving. And when they said 60 or 70%, the surgeon got upset and was flabbergasted that they weren't using 100% oxygen. The surgeon said there was no reason to ever turn down the FiO2 below 100% during one lung ventilation. And the resident came to me because he remembered in a simulation that we had done where we were simulating one lung ventilation, I had mentioned that you should not keep your patient at 100% FiO2 if you don't have to. I'm going to stick with what I said during that simulation and take the position that the surgeon was incorrect. There are two major reasons why you don't want to use 100% FiO2 during one lung ventilation unless you have to. When I say have to, what I mean is if the patient is hypoxic, then you need to increase the FiO2 until they are no longer hypoxic. Clearly, it's not good for the patient to be hypoxic. But that said, if the patient is not hypoxic, and by hypoxic, I really mean an, a, an oxygen saturation below, let's say, 92%. If they're satting above 92%, then they're really not hypoxic, and you should be able to turn down your FiO2. So why do you not want to use 100%? So as I said, two reasons. The first is that 100% oxygen is incredibly toxic to lung tissue. It's toxic to the whole body, but it's specifically, in this case, toxic to the lung tissue. When you look at the effect of 100% oxygen on lungs, 
over any prolonged period, even just hours, you start to see changes in the lung, in the alveoli, that look almost indistinguishable from the changes you see in severe ARDS. I will do an entire podcast at a later date on hyperoxia and the dangers of hyperoxia. But for now, I just want to point out uh, that hyperoxia is bad. And when you're doing one lung ventilation, it can be even worse. And this is why. That one lung that's being ventilated is already under a lot of stress. There is surgical stress from the body undergoing surgery. There is the fact that although we turn down the tidal volume, it's still probably getting more than its share of the regular tidal volume. And it has much more than its usual complement of blood running through the pulmonary vessels on that side because of all of the hypoxia-induced vasoconstriction in the operative lung. If you add to that inflammation that's already there, the damage and inflammation that can be caused by 100% oxygen, you can really cause damage in that lung. And remember, your other lung, which is going to be the lung that's being operated on, is already going to be inflamed and damaged from the surgery. You add to the other lung extra inflammation from 100% oxygen, and you can really be at risk for postoperative respiratory complications. The second reason why it's not a good idea is that you can get absorptive atelectasis when you use 100% oxygen. Now, this is a real thing. What happens is that 100% oxygen fills the alveoli with, of course, just oxygen. And as that oxygen is absorbed into the bloodstream, you can end up with collapse of those alveoli. In this particular case that I mentioned, the resident said to the surgeon that he was worried about alveolar collapse atelectasis in the lung. The surgeon thought that he was talking about atelectasis in the operative lung and so said, that's what we want. We want the operative lung to be collapsed. But the resident was actually referring not to the operative lung, but to the ventilated lung. And the ventilated lung indeed can suffer from additional atelectasis if you use 100% oxygen. I will actually often extubate patients on less than 100% oxygen, not much less, but 80-90% so that there's some nitrogen in there to stent open those alveoli and prevent the absorption atelectasis that you can get from 100% oxygen. I will put some links up on the website with some articles to support these arguments as well. All right, that's it for now. Remember, check out the website, leave comments if you have them. Podcast at gmail.com is the email. acrac.libsyn.com, that's A-C-C-R-A-C dot L-I-B-S-Y-N.com is the website, though, as I said, I'm looking for a better one. And you can leave comments on that website. You can email me directly. Keep the conversation going. Check out pedsanesthesia.net. Hopefully, I'll figure out how to set up a listserv you can sign up for so that you can get these announcements via email. But maybe still from time to time, I will do these shorter podcasts to get some announcements across. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Remember, what you're doing out there every day is really important. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.